show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, I'm going to go ahead and holler at my boy, uh, Hurley Brown, because, uh, man, Hurley didn't want to get down on me. They got their thing back. The U is back. That matters to me. The U is back because that, that's one of the most outstanding college football programs in the country, and we needed them back. So uh, the U is back. That, that matters to me. I'm going to give them boys some respect and props they deserve. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about several things. I, I, listen, Jerry Jones, I said this before. When Jerry got inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I actually, um, I felt that it was the right thing to do. I think he had earned it. I think he'd done a lot of things for the National Football League. I thought he raised the bar. He took the franchise, the brand, to another different level of which every one of the owners within that fraternity of ownership benefited. Uh, I think he is savvy enough of a businessman that if he says, okay, we need to halt this thing and stop and, and take some things into consideration, then maybe you might want to do that. But I'm also not naive enough not to believe that the Ezekiel Elliott aspect of what's going on in the National Football League didn't come into play with all of Jerry's decisions. I, I think everything that he contemplated, you know, somebody said, okay, but what about Zeke? It, it, I don't care what it was, uh, where Roger wants uh, lifetime health insurance for himself and his, and his family. And they thought about it for a little while, and then somehow or another, the conversation went back, well, okay, but what about Zeke? You know, well, Roger wants... Lifetime use of a private jet that we have to supply. And I think they talked, talked about a contemplator, kicked it around a little bit. And then, you know, somebody got back to, okay, but what about Zeke? I think that was consistently in his mind. And he could never get that out of his mind. And I, I believe, you know, because last year we all witnessed the debacle that was Tom Brady, that, that there were those who were for it and those who were against it. Those who felt that Tom should stay there and fight to clear his name. This is apples and oranges, but Zeke has, you know, has said he wanted to clear his name. Apples and oranges. I'm, I'm not trying to say the accusation of one or the other is, you know, the same degree of punishment should be served, but according to the power of, that the man has been put in power by Jerry and the rest of the owners. That's what he came up with. He came up with there's going to be some, some, some games missed. And Tom Brady's going to miss games. And the same holds true when it came Zeke's time. He's going to miss games. Now, I think that in my personal opinion, because I didn't talk to Jerry, uh, heard a couple comments on the big boy shows, but he, uh, he said, hey, maybe, uh, you know, it's a situation, I and I'm paraphrasing here, where, you know, as a result of what happened with Ray Rice, that perhaps maybe Zeke is, you know, paying for that, for what happened in the how Ray's case was mishandled in terms of the punishment that was put down by the league and how they respond, how quickly they responded. Jerry could be finding himself in a position where as, okay, well, if you think 
we we didn't handle it the right way with with Ray Rice. Ray Rice is not playing anymore in the National Football League. I mean, I guess that's the extreme power that Roger has or influence he has with the other owners because certainly there's some influence he has with the other owners because, again, a man who just took a knee is, is not playing anymore, is not working anymore in the National Football League. That is work in case some of those out there forget about that, which we're going to get to something later in the show about those who might forget that the athletes are actually working they, they play a game as a profession, and they're compensated for that, but that is a job. Anybody's job, you know, people can look at it differently, but it, it, it's a job. And so when, when, when Jared, one of Jared's employees was suspended by the league and no longer in a position to go to work for his team, which compromised his team and they are not as good as they are when he's on the field. I mean, when he's off the field as they are when he's on the field. And then combine that with the fact that, again, there was another one of Jerry's players that was missing, uh, the offensive tackle, uh, due to injury, uh, he was not able to perform. That's um, Tyron Smith, the offensive left tackle. And uh, a replacement, his replacement, Chaz Green, he got old-fashioned butt whooping. Took him out in the shed, took him out in the barn, say down in Dallas, and he just got a butt whooping. Made him drop him. You know how you, you when you're a young kid, I'm old school, y'all. In case you don't, y'all don't know that. I'll let you know. I'm old school in the fact that hey, you know, sometimes back in the day when you get a whooping, what you hurt, what you hated to hear. In my case, it was my mom. She said, drop him. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord Jesus. No, Mama, you didn't say drop him. Boy, drop him. Drop him. She got the extension cord. She getting ready to go well on your behind. And that's what happened down there in, uh, in, in you know, with the, with the Cowboys. Homeboy just had to drop him. And, uh. Claiborne just had a day with him. He just whooped him up six times, six lashes. That, that, that's what happened. So, so Jerry is having, you know, it's a combined effect. He's feeling the consequences of the action or the reaction that Roger may have had in terms of the punishment with Zeke. And, and now it's time, and this, this, if you really listen to the details, what Roger, Roger's actually negotiating. And, you know, what's really interesting is, um, you know, players, feel on, play, players aren't always comfortable when, when, when their money is being talked about on television and radio and, you know, online and, and everybody tweeting about their money. So I'm sure I'm sure Roger's not comfortable with everybody's tweeting about his money. But, you know, that, that's 40 million dollars, 45 million dollars a year. Roger's asking for now. The fact of the matter is. The brand of the National Football League consists of players on the field. I know you got a number, you got a number 95, you got a number 25, you got a number one, you got another 12, and different people can be, you know, can wear those jerseys. 
there's going to be different players that come and go. You know, one thing about sports, sports is one of the few things that you ever look at as a brand. And there are times when the most valuable or important part of the brand is in the history of the product. Michael Jordan is in the history of the National Basketball Association. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player ever, the GOAT, is not playing basketball today. What we, some believe, and I'm one of them, the second greatest basketball player to ever play the game, LeBron James is playing. But in a few years, he will not be playing. Pretty soon, Tom Brady, who is the greatest quarterback to ever play the National Football League, will not be playing. People will still be buying tickets. But it is the players. I, I guarantee you there may be maybe when Roger signs his new contract. Currently, there's probably. Now you just think about it. Acting. I don't care who the executive producer is or the director or whoever it is. When the people go see a, the, you know, the highest grossing film, it's because, you know, somebody was in front of the camera acting. And did an outstanding job. I happen to be a Denzel Washington, uh, you know, supporting consumer. I love when Denzel make a movie. Brother can act. But when the, when the song comes out, when Mike was throwing it down before he went on to heaven, Michael Jackson made a song. We, we, we don't care. We didn't care who wrote the song. But Mike sung the song. Millions of dollars. So... Why is it that Roger, all the money that Roger is making, Jerry has said, hold on one second here. Now, here's the thing about it. There, is, there are other professional sports. So there is a chance that Roger can go get a job someplace else. But then what is Roger going to do? Tell those folks over in the NHL, National Hockey League, that he can turn their, their brand into the National Football League and they can surpass the National Football League with revenues? Is he going to be able to do that? I doubt that. Can he, can, he, can he go do that for tennis? Can he go do that for soccer? Which is supposed to be one of the biggest sports in, in the world and because they play it all over the world. They don't play football everywhere. Soccer's played everywhere. But is Roger in high demand and is somebody else willing to pay what the NFL is paying for him? I think one of the things that Jerry is considering is, first of all, his contract ain't up for a couple years almost, at least a year and a half. So why rush to sign his contract? Because you know what they do a lot of times when they sign those contracts and Roger probably could have his contract could be probably structured the same way. When a player signs his contract, he gets a huge signing bonus. So I'm sure, you know, Rogers made like $200 million in the past, you know, four or five years. 200 mil. He's going to sign for another, you know, four or five years or whatever. You know, he gonna make, he's going to be a billionaire from being the executive. Not playing, he ain't had, not had one concussion. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later too. I just didn't like the way Russell Wilson was, let's say, treated or not treated. 
in the game the other night. Just did, just didn't like that. Too fast. Wasn't a priority. Didn't take the time out to ex fully examine the man the way he should have been. Should the team be fine? Of course they should be fine. But beyond that, stop selling us something that you're not serious about. You don't care about him. Care about your money. That's what Jerry Jones is saying. Jerry Jones is saying we're giving Roger too much money. We're giving it to him too early. We might be able to get him a little cheaper. Think about that. Roger sits up in the office making 45 mil a year. 40 mil a year. He's trying to get guaranteed life insurance for his family and him. He ain't took one hit. I don't have guaranteed life insurance for, you know, uh, health insurance for my family. I took a lot, gave out a lot, but I took a lot. We're going to take a break. I'm in the studio here. This is a rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. It's the Rail of Sports and the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Woo! What matters to me? Well, what matters to me is uh, Roger and Jerry are fighting. That's what, if I didn't say that the right way the first time, that's that's what matters to me. Roger and Jerry, it, it's a heavyweight fight. Uh, I was just, uh, I do another show, uh, I was doing my other show, uh, Ray and Dave, and um, we were talking to a former heavyweight boxer uh, who's going to go back into the ring, and uh, we're talking about the heavyweight division. It's always good when the heavyweight division in boxing has some great fighters, it's always good. 
And uh, right now, it's a heavyweight fight going on in the National Football League with uh, Jerry Jones and, and Roger Goodell. And uh, that, that's important to me uh, because, uh, you know, those are men that... Um, it's an industry that's somewhat unique in the fact there's only 32 teams in this industry in the United States of America, which they have monopolized. And some other people attempting to start some professional football league teams, but, it, but it's almost as if, uh, let's say that uh, if Shell had a monopoly on gas and that, that you know, it was Shell and that's, that's the only place you can get your gas from. Shell, and that was it. You had to buy shell gas. Well, this is foot pro football. And if you want to get your, you know, so if you're ready for some football, <laughs> you got to get it from the National Football League. And Roger is the executive. He is, an, he is employed by the National Football League. Jerry Jones is the owner we all know, America's team as they call it, the Dallas Cowboys, and Jerry is the owner. Jerry from the University of Arkansas, you know, Jerry, old ball player himself. And uh, I think there's some things that Jerry, when he thinks about it, he thinks about it from a ball player's perspective. And although he may not say that, but, but certainly the, the, the compensation that Roger is getting and looking for an increase. And uh, it's been said that some of the projections, some of the targeted numbers, perhaps maybe that they had, uh, you know, that, in spot, they, they, you know, there were goals that were set. There had some projections. Maybe they may not meet those numbers. And and Roger's still looking for a raise. There's some things that is out of control. Rogers is it was not Rogers' fault. You know, I'm one of those people. I, I'm I'm a part of the National Football League Players uh, Association. A former player that have sued the National Football League based upon our conditions based upon our playing football and the information that they had obtained, concealed, did not share with us, continue to put us in harm's way, which is what I want to talk about right now is because um, as I watched a good football game, Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals, good football game, and, but I witnessed Russell Wilson being hit in the head and neck area, sent to the sideline by the referee. The head referee sent him to the sidelines to be, to take time to go through the concussion protocol. The, the television camera showed Russell go over, walk over there, didn't want to go in, attempted to go in, attempted to zip it up, and next thing you know, somebody's like, ah, right outside. And next thing you know, it opens up, he comes back out. You know, did not get examined whatsoever. He did set out a play, came back in the game. That does not, that's B, that's, we call that bullshit. That's, that's, no. If you, you're telling me you are looking out for the health and safety of players, this man takes a hit, the referee sends him, a, you know, to be examined, and you send him back in the game without being examined, and you're telling me that you care about the health and safety of players? No, you don't. You care about your bottom line. You care about money. You care about winning. That's all you care about. Other than that, no, no. If that was the case, it, w it would have never happened. He, he would have been looked at, examined, 
either he would have been cleared or he would have been shut down. But certainly, don't tell me that you care about the health and safety. And that's one, that's one of the best players in the game today. This man has won a Super Bowl, been to two. Should have won, should have won two. There's no reason in the world that he should have been put at risk and put back into the game. There's another player early in the year that I saw. Uh, I think it was the Cleveland Browns player. I just can't remember who it was. But it was a player that I saw that, uh, that made a tackle. When he made a tackle, and we talked about it on this show, my man Willie Gibson and I, never before have I, have I ever witnessed a body react so violently to an impact from a collision. You know, one thing, you know, I'm, I'm old school, and I told you guys all the time, you know, back in the day, uh, I planned for Woody Hayes my first two years in college. One thing that Woody used to say to us is what he used to tell us is that you never have to be worried and concerned about the guy that's on the ground that's screaming and hollering or whatever. That's not, it's the guy that doesn't move after he's been involved in some type of collision that that's the guy you're concerned about because you don't know what's wrong with him. In this case, you could see the nervous reaction of his body being uncontrollable, you know, it just so out of control, it was reacting to the impact. And, and I, somebody who's had a neck injury, I, I know that that was, ner that, that was, you know, they should have been all over the field. They should, it should have been like Amalams coming, swooping down to because there was a bad car accident. That, that, was a cra that was a bad crash. And the young man was put back in the game. Later in the game, took some play, plays off and, and then was put back in the game. You don't, you don't care about health and safety. You don't care about the players. Not when you witness something like that. And, and, and I'm saying Roger has not taken one of those hits. He's not taking one of those hits where they're asking you, what's your name? Who, who, you know, who'd you come to the game with? How'd you get here? What city are you in? What's your name? Roger's not experiencing that. And, and I'm sure he's somewhat taken back or maybe, you know, somewhat embarrassed. I heard somebody uh, use the word, uh, the audacity. And uh, I used that word early in some of the things that I was working on earlier this year, too. There are people that will say the audacity of him to, to ask for that. But again, Rogers take, this is negotiation for him. Rogers taking into consideration what he feels is the contributions that he's made to this sport. And, and from my perspective, as, as a former player and as players, former players, again, they continue to, you know, create assets and generate revenue from the history of the game. So I, I still feel like I, you know, I got a dog in this fight. But, you know, Roger feels like he's contributed to this. And what he's been able to do is he's, he's the overseer of the day-to-day business of the National Football League collectively. So everything that's done collectively that benefits everybody and everything, he, along with DeMora Smith, are the two who pretty much are responsible for that. And to make sure that everything works the way it's supposed to, the way it was planned to work, and it was agreed that it would work. That's his responsibility. Revenue, we need to make some more money. 
find a way to make some more money. We need to uh, expand the league, new audience. Okay, find a new audience for us. We need new, new sponsors, more sponsorship packages, more sponsorship dollars, find that. We need to move the draft around to expand our fan base or, or to reward our fan base in different cities, in different markets that we, we have a presence. Okay, let's make that happen. College players mm, coming out early or staying in late, we're going to make a decision as to if, if we're going to change that. Health and safety of players, okay. Uh, do players need to, you know, are we going to allow players to hit each other in the head? We'll, we'll make a decision on that. And then the owners have said, okay, we'll talk with Roger and give him ultimately the final say, yay or nay. He rep he's our voice. He's our one voice. One league, one voice. National Football League, AFL Conference, National Football League Conference, American Football League Conference, all belong to the National Football League. They have an executive office. Roger Goodell is the top dog. The owners, I guess that would be his governing board, but he's the chairman, executive. He the man to make the final decisions. The buck stops with him. And Jerry don't like that. Not right now. <laughs> Not when he's trying to give away uh, or trying to get some more money right now. Jerry's not happy with that. So um, I'm arguing on behalf of uh, this, the player safety. Look at the play, look. Take care of the players. Take care of the players. Russell Wilson, we, still, we need him to play for a long time. And we're talking about players playing into their 40s and things of that nature. Cam out there taking serious risks. But you notice when Cam takes more risks, Cam, Cam plays better. When Cam plays better, his team wins. When that happens, you see a more exciting football game, but he is putting his body at risk. He is putting his body and his livelihood and his life at risk. It's a dangerous, dangerous game. Speaking of, of, of life and, and risk, uh, I saw a, a piece on uh, Tom Brady and then... Uh, Owner of the Patriots and, and Bill Belichick. I like Bill, by the way, in case you guys didn't know it. I know him from back in the day when he was with the Giants and I was with the Eagles. Um, I like him as a coach. Uh, I don't know him as a person. Um, <clears throat> but um, there was a young man who had a bad, he has a, he has a, a sickness, an ailment. Don't know exactly what it is. Uh, but he was told that perhaps maybe his life wasn't going to be that long. And, and they, I guess, asked him on his bucket list for some things he'd like to do. And one of the things he wanted to do is he wanted to meet Tom Brady. Because uh, when he was young, his sister had given him a, a, Tom, uh, a Tom Brady um, figure. And he, he fell in love with the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. I was his favorite player. And... Uh, you know, sometimes people forget that athletes are human beings. And, and, and you know, current or former, present day or former, uh, those who striving to be, there's something about us that, that's, that connects you to other people. Maybe it's because of the fact that what you do, you can't do it all by yourself. If you're out on the football field, you know, you're one person. The other team, they got 11 people on the field. You're one. You got to have 10 more on your team to make things equal to some degree. 
So if you uh, if, if if you're able to think about athletes being people, then understand that we have lives. Things happen in our lives. We're aware of things that happen in other people's lives. And sometimes because we've been there before, we know what it feels like. I remember being a little kid hanging outside of Pro Football Hall of Fame, you know, the gates of the game when the game was going on, hoping and wishing that I could get in so I could see some of the players. And then God blessed me with some talent that I became one of those players. And so I know what it's like to be on the other side and to be in a position where you just look up to them and then sometimes they could be bigger than life. It's not necessarily, I don't know, I don't want to call it worshiping because I, I worship Jesus, that's it. But they, they are something special in your life. And sometimes they can touch you. And I just, I literally mean touch you and change your life. Put their hand on your head, on your shoulder, shake your hand, call your name, take a picture, whatever. It, it means that much. And that's why I'm talking about Tom Brady and what he did for this young man. Special. Very, 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 very special. The young man whose life, uh, we don't know how much more time he has here on earth, but one thing on his bucket list was to meet Tom Brady. And Tom made his dream come true with the help, I'm sure, of the organization. But it was something special. There's a lot of people who beating up on players right now. You know, you got to stop and think some of the things that's going on in the National Football League is because players are thinking about what's happening in other people's life. Six degrees of separation. Ain't a, there ain't six degrees of separation for a lot of mess that goes on in this country. And so sometimes players are just trying to bring some relief, uh, some humanity to be considered and maybe enjoyed by some other people that don't get all the special things in life that they get, but they're not selfish. They're looking out for other people. So I'm going to take a break, and then uh, what we're going to do, we're going to come back, and uh, there's a couple things that happened uh, that I might you guys might have heard about. Some UCLA players got in a little bit of trouble, uh, but there was a special young man for the San Francisco 49ers. They won a game, but... Um, Something special um, happened in his life, and it, was, it wasn't a good thing necessarily. Um, we're going to take a break. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team? Is it the captain, the star player, or the fan? While it could truly be any of these individuals, more often than not, it's the coach. Listen for A Coach's Spirit with hosts Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A Coach's Spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice of America Sports Channel. 
If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters, Jerry and Roger are fighting. Jerry, of course, is Jerry Jones. Roger is Roger Goodell. Uh, Jerry, owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Roger Goodell, the executive director of the National Football League. Uh, two are fighting. Jerry's threatened to uh, sue in court if he has to. Uh, but I don't think... Uh, I think this will be the second loss Jerry will end up experiencing um, because I think majority, you know, in a democratic process, uh, they're going to, in a democracy, they vote. And, and, and that's what the National Football League is. Uh, so the owners will vote and Jerry probably will be outvoted on whatever his position is um, in terms of what's going on in Rogers' um, contract and power. But uh, I, I mentioned something as we were going into break. Uh, wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, young man had um, a tragic worry. He and his wife uh, experienced the, the birth of a very uh, a premature son. I believe it was a son, and his son did not make it, and he lost his son. I think it's the morning of the game as they beat the New York Giants for the first game of the season. And... Uh, was overcome by emotion in the end zone after a long touchdown reception. And uh, I just want to send my prayers out to him and his, and his wife. I personally, that's uh, something t- tough. Uh, had some experience along those lines myself. So always want to be mindful that, that athletes are still human and they still have lives outside of what happens on the football field. And so many times um, we don't know those things, but just knowing that there's this thing that's called life and it happens to everybody. So there are a lot of things that we have that are maybe different, but there are a lot of things that we share that are common uh, with the guys that are playing t- today. Um, one thing that's common in the National Football League, let me talk a little bit, get a little bit back to injuries. We're talking about Russell Wilson is... Um, you know, 
one reason why I'm so upset about these doctors and this protocol stuff that should be taking place over here in terms of, you know, you, you got to go see this person. You got to pass that examination, clearance, then we're going to put you back in the game. Because part of the reason why athletes are in the some of the health issues that we're dealing with today is based upon the fact that um, we rely on a medical staff or, or personnel uh, that is, that is uh, a professional to examine us and, and then acknowledge to us what the issues are maybe explain to us what some of the risks are, but to make a medical decision. I'm a human being. I don't care if I'm a football player. That's my job. That's not who I am. That's not what I am. This is just what I do. I am a human being first. Treat me like a human being. And when you do that, then what happens is what should be taken out of out of the players' hands is a decision for them to either go in a game or, or not go in a game and, you know, sit on the sideline and rest, take the helmet from them and all that stuff. But you have to do that because players are just always taught from the time we're kids. Some of these things that I hear going on and I see, I witness in the National Football League, I, I, I went through these things in high school. Oh, boy, I've got some stories just about the injuries that I sustained and played through in high school that there's no way I would let my son do it today. If he were young enough to still be playing, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't advise anybody else's kid to do that. I, I just, I wouldn't, but I did it. Part of the reason why, I, I, you know, again, you know, I was raised in a single family home. You know, football is a game that I'm, by no disrespect do I mean this the wrong way, by no means whatsoever. But remember, I'm old school. So it was a game where mothers, women, wives, girlfriends, sisters, they watched and they enjoyed a lot, but they weren't as involved with the sport as they are today. So there was still a lot of learning curve that needed to be acquired, even for the athlete. So so many injuries and the questions to, to ask and things of that nature based upon what's happening, you, you don't know that. So today, even the athlete, because, you know, back in that day and even today, you know, one thing that an athlete does not want to do is, quite honestly, get hurt. You don't want to get hurt because anytime you get hurt, what that means is that your body is no longer able to perform at its highest level, which is when you're 100%. And, and the competition is so competitive at the, at the highest level that chances are, and this is what I really have a problem with when a, when a person comes in to replace an injured player, i.e. the Dallas Cowboys offensive tackle who was hurt and, and was replaced and, and, and his backup was terrible, I just don't understand that because it, it, but the majority of the time, the good players and the great players, what you don't want to do is you don't, you don't ever want to come out of the game. Because the good ones and the great ones sometimes might tell you that the way they got a chance to become good and great is they got a chance to get into the game because somebody got hurt and they got a chance to come in. They might have been a younger player on an older team and the older guy got hurt and, the younger, and you, you as a younger player, got a ch that's your chance to get in there 
And you know what happens? This is one thing. And shout out to my man, Brett Huntley. I, I see Brett got a chance to get in and start his second game, and they won. And he looked good, too. What I'm saying that happens is in sports, when you get in, it's your time to shine. When you get a chance to play, you say, uh-oh, they done done the wrong thing now. They done put me in the game, and people are watching. So it's like the eye in the sky don't lie. We call that the camera. The camera, we call it the eye in the sky. They film every game. You watch it. and pra- They film every practice. You watch it. The eye in the sky don't lie. What you do, if you balling in, in film sessions, your boys know you balling. They put you in the game because somebody got hurt, and you go in and you balling. When you come off the sidelines, your boy dapping you up. Everybody dapping you up. They know you balling. When you're in the film room, you making plays, they hollering at you. That's what happens in the National Football League. So what you do, what you do when you're a starter, what you don't want to do is you don't want to come out. You don't want to get hurt. The young boys nowadays, you know, they they waving somebody in. Man, you don't don't wave nobody in. If you wave somebody in, you might not get back in yourself. You might they might not come out. So we got situations where where Russell Russell is just a tough ball player. I'm sure, but. The reality of it is also is that sometimes when you come out, man, you might not get a chance to come back in. Now, here's what happens. The players get hurt and they get put on injury reserve and they're out for a period of time. We experienced something like that going up there in Minnesota. Teddy Bridgewater. He's been out for a long time. Long time. And uh, there, there, there's... There, <laughs> There is a young man who's got a chance to step in. In case don't want to get that job up. Don't want to give it up. Now, right now, I'm not sure if the best move is to do is for them, you know, is uh, to let Teddy back in there. The chemistry of the team is, is you got to, you know, the chemistry of the team, they, they, they rolling. Minnesota's rolling. Even, I'm thinking the same thing in, in, Indianapolis. Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby is balling. Andrew Luck. See, this is this is why you <laughs> this is why players don't want to get hurt because somebody may get in and start balling. And then you gotta make a decision. Do we set him down? How do we do How do we handle this? Do we let go back to because the old school is like this, you don't lose your job through injury. That's old school. You can't get injured and lose your job. Well, what happened was when you were getting injured, the person that stepped in for you must not have been balling. Because if he'd have been balling, then you got to find a way to keep he, he producing. You're getting production from the position. You got to find a way, some creative way, to get your best 11 players on the field at one time. And if this person is helping you win games, if it's, if it's working and it ain't broke, don't fix it. So we got, we got two things. Minnesota going to try to make some decisions. Minnesota more, you know, there's more current decisions than, than what we're going to see happening in, uh, in Indianapolis because 
We already, they already sent Andrew down for the year. It's just a matter of, and Andrew's out the country. Can you imagine that? Come on, America. Why is it that in the most prestigious sport in the world that one of our top athletes, our best in the world, has to go out of the country to find somebody that could give him the best medical treatment. That's embarrassing. As Americans, we want to be the best that we can at everything that, we, that anybody does. But Andrew Luck is out of the country. All right, we're going to take a break and come back for the last segment. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a marriage, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you know, you can know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a matter. What matters to me... Is Roger and Jerry are fighting. They got the gloves on. It, it, uh, I don't know how many rounds is going to go, uh, but it, it's, it's going to go for sure. Uh, Jerry is not going to back down. And I believe now that, uh, now that some things have been put out there about Roger, whether they be um, true or not true, fabricated or not, uh, I think Roger's going to defend his right. Uh, one thing about it, I don't know if there are many other people out there that we we've only had there's only been so many executive directors of the national football league you know roger um you know is in a unique position there's only been so many in, in you know in the history of, of of the sport so it's not like there's a lot of qualified people out there but there are people out there that have run businesses other ceos out there this is just this is just an industry it, it, the industry happens to be sports to be more uh, specific, it's football. But it's, it's a business. Keep that in mind. This is a business. This is, this is a business that has a, a lot of moving parts to it. You're, you're, in, you're, in, the, you're in the media business. You're in, the, you're in the manufacturing business. You're in the human capital business. <laughs> you're in... The, 
politics. You're into a lot of things. And so it, it, it takes a very savvy individual to do this and to do it right. And I would be interested in knowing that the growth of the franchises. I, I remember when DeMore Smith first was elected, he came here in Phoenix and, and we had a meeting and it was a meeting that where he touched on something. And to be quite honestly, it's been something I had I had had been thinking about for a number of years. But it was a conversation that when I whenever I would share with people, nobody really it never really registered anybody else at the level which I was concerned about it. And he said something in that meeting. And I had ex my, my example was and I know it like the back of my hand to this day is that when when I played for the Philadelphia Eagles, Leonard Toast owned the Philadelphia Eagles. Leonard Toast sold the Philadelphia Eagles to a man by the name of Norman Brayman. And I believe it was for like $65 million. He sold it. Or, or maybe $60 million, one other, 60 or 65. Uh, he, it, then he, he, he sold it. And when he sold it to Norman Brayman, Norman Brayman probably in 10 or 15 years turned around and sold the team uh, for $180 million to Jeffrey Lurie. So he made $120 million. I don't know how much Leonard Toast, because I don't know how much Leonard bought the team for. But I know that, you know, the 60 to 180, that's the difference of $120 million. So perhaps maybe Norman Braven walked away with $120 million. He profited on his investment. Well, now that team is worth over a billion dollars. Maybe a billion and a half. So just think about how much money Jeffrey Lurie has made. And what has happened is you only really realize the, the true value of that when you sell it. And, but what it does is when it appreciates in value, then you can always leverage that and, and, and go out and borrow against it. Or, or, or it, it just gives you so much more power when you're an owner of a National Football League team. And I always... I was always one who was concerned about the business of sports. So I, many times what I would think about is, okay, you know, the, the revenue that we get, the money they pay us, y'all, that money's coming from the sales of merchandise and from ticket sales and TV. That's money that's coming in. But what about the increase in the value of this team? We have something to do with that, and we don't get any of that money. When that team went from 60 to 180, that's $120 million. And when it was sold and exchanged hands, those people benefited from that. But we, if, if you're players and, and, and the owners and the, and, the, and the players association, if this is a team, you know, and this is a partnership, then we should benefit in the partnerships when these things happen. We never did. And DeMore Smith came in and talked about that. He came in his first and he says, you guys are always, you're arguing, you're, you're, you know, your contract disputes are always about revenue. But equity, you don't own you don't own anything. I thought that was brilliant. And I had been thinking about that, not to say that I'm brilliant, but the fact that this man came in thinking like that. I thought it was good that we had somebody that thought like that. And that's basically, you know, one thing you have to do is you gotta look at who are the people that are involved in and helping shape and mold and increase the value of the brand. And that's what Roger's saying. Roger's saying, hey, 
I've been a part of helping this brand increase in value, and I want to get compensated for it. Now, one thing I think the people of the United States did is they, they, they said, hold on. It was a couple years ago, up until a couple years ago, this brand operated as the brand of the National Football League, which is separate. These teams are individually owned, but they belong to an organization. It's called the National Football League. That National Football League was operating as a not-for-profit. That changed because an, ex an executive for that not-for-profit was getting paid like $40 million, and everybody's like, okay, what executive of a not-for-profit makes that much money? But you can look and see they do get paid very handsomely. Check out the CEO of United Way. Salvation Army, them type of places. They, they do great work. They get paid great salaries. And Roger felt that he needed to be paid handsomely because he was doing great work. He increased the value of these franchises, and those men were happy as he was doing that. Smiles, not a lot of complaints. Now there's a man complaining. Now they're fighting. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, there were some good games last week. Very good games. Uh, Steelers and Colts took a last-second field goal to, to win that one. My boys, the Browns. Browns tried to fool me, made me think they was going to win. They were playing horseshoes out there, man. They came close. They came close, but they still ain't get it done. Still ain't get it done. Saints put up a big 4-7 on the Bills. I don't know how many of you thought that was going to happen going into that game. Mm -mm. That third quarter put up a lot of points, about 20 points in that third quarter. Vikings and the Redskins, I, I expected the Redskins to win that game. I really expected the Redskins to win that game. A little disappointed that they didn't. But, uh, you know, what can you say? Um, and, and, and we already talked about how the Falcons just took the Cowboys, you know, back in the barn and just whew, beat them down. Rams, of course, uh, look, Rams continue to be, I'm going to say, the surprise team of the year. Seven and two. Of course, the Texans were just, uh, you know, a shadow of who they really are. Didn't have their big star there. So um, we didn't expect them to do much, but certainly it was a great showing by the Rams. The Giants and the 49ers, the Giants, the Giants won in eight. Is Eli, is it time to move on? Is Eli be benched or traded? Too late to trade him this year. Should he be traded next year? Should he be benched now? Should they look to the future? Does Eli still have it? All those are questions that will be answered in the offseason for the Giants, I'm sure. 49ers, they've already started their rebuilding. Got their quarterback of the future on the bench. Patriots and Broncos. Now, uh, old Tom was able to go up there and, and get him a victory out of, out of Denver. That's kind of hard to do, y'all. I know a little bit about that. But um, they played a good game, damn good game, 41-16. I, I never thought that would happen. Never, never, never. Not not 41-16. Nope. Just didn't think that would happen. Cam looked good. I know I know it was just the Miami Dolphins, but it's a National Football League team, and if they show up, you better show out. 
I think Cam got a chance to gain his confidence. You know, I'm, I'm just going to tell it like it is. This way I feel, you know, the only time a player goes out, uh, if you out on the field and you, you know, you playing like you scared to get hurt, you don't need to be out on the field. So I know we've asked Cam to, hey, Cam, what you need to do, you need to take care of you, you need to protect yourself. I think I see, you know, examples of him trying to protect himself, to slide like I haven't seen him before. You know, homeboy went after him, but slam, says, Cam slid under him. Um, but he certainly looks good. So uh, I'm glad to see Cam back. When Cam's good, it's good for the league because he's one of the stars of the league. And when they're winning, we're all winning because it's that time. So um, appreciate the fact that you guys tune in. Uh, my man Will Gibson will be back with me next week for sure. Had a couple little things he had to take care of. So you've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.